God this morning. I'm telling you, I believe God, if you're needing direction, if you're in circumstances and you're in situations that you're needing a touch from God, direction from God, this is going to apply to you, so it'll probably apply to every one of us in here today. You know, last week one morning I was watching the 700 Club and they had a man that he, he got involved in drugs at a very young age. And as he grew up in life, he became one of the, the leading drug dealers for the cartels up in the Northwest. He was extremely gifted and, and he became a very famous Latino rapper in the Northwest. Had tremendous success, tremendous amounts of money, but there was a void within him. And he ended up giving his heart to Jesus, but he said this in the interview. He said, I knew about Jesus, and I believed in Jesus. I just didn't want to follow him. I just didn't want to live for him. I just didn't want to surrender to him. And I believe this, this happens to many of us. We want change in our life, but I don't want to surrender. I don't want to yield to him. Listen here, this morning, running from God's not the answer. Now go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3. The Colossians chapter 3, and God has a plan for each of us. And when we go against God's plan for our lives, we experience turmoil. We experience an uneasy within us, but when I go with the flow that God has for my life, the destiny God has for my there's going to be peace. Now, one of the, the great illustrations of that is the book of Jonah. When God told Jonah, he said, listen, buddy, I want you to, or Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh. Jonah instead said, I'm not going to do that. And so he went to Tarshish, and instead of enjoying peace and fulfilling the destiny God gave him, and he, he lived in turmoil. That can happen to us when we go against the peace of God for what God has for your life. Colossians 3. Uh, let's start in, in verse number 15. And let the peace of God. Now that phrase right there, the peace of God, means a state of rest. A state of harmony. And I don't know about you, I like a state of peace. I like a state of rest. I like a state of harmony. And he says, and let the peace of God, not people, but the peace of God, rule in your hearts. The Amplified says, let it rule in your heart as an umpire continually. Now, the peace of God, guys, is it's not a tug of war with God. God's not trying to yank you over. God will never force you to do anything. But when God puts something on your heart and you obey it and you follow it, there'll be a peace. When God puts something on your heart and you disobey it, there will not be a peace. It will leave. And so let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Now, as members as the body of Christ, guys, you were called to live in a peaceful state. Now, you don't have to raise your hands this morning, but if, if you're in a, in a situation where you've got great decisions to make, maybe you're in great circumstances, choices, actions, ask yourself, that the decisions I'm about to make... Does it bring a peace in my heart? Does it bring a peace within my spirit? And when you uh, begin to ask God to lead you by peace, if the peace of God is there, guys, it's like a green light. You know what a green light means? Go. Proceed. Keep going. 
But if there's not a peace, if there's an inner turmoil, maybe we could describe it as an inner yuck. It just doesn't feel right. That means God is trying to tell, stop. At least slow down and wait on the Lord. Now this is how God will lead you. And many times as human beings, we don't realize that that peace that comes upon us or that yuck comes upon us is from God. That's what it is. This is how God chooses to lead us. Now, every one of us in here have done this before. In my heart and in your heart, you may say something like this. I know I shouldn't do that, but. I know I shouldn't say that, but. I know I shouldn't buy that. I know I shouldn't be in that relationship, but. Now that word but right there, you know what that says? So in essence, I'm saying I know what's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyhow. I'm going to do it anyways, and so even though it's not right, I'm still going to do it. I will not surrender my will to God. I will not surrender my way to God. And running a spiritual red light is very costly to every one of us. Have you ever run a spiritual red light? I have. And it was very costly. In 1994, we were up in the mountains in New Mexico. Got up one morning, and some of our family wanted us to stay and to to go inner tubing and play in the snow. And I mean, it was snowing already. The Lord spoke to my heart just with that peace, just with that inward tuition, that knowing. It wasn't, he he put a big rainbow in the sky and said, stupid, go home. It's not what he did. It was in my heart. I knew we should go home. But you know what I did? I overrode that and said, I know, but I'm not going to do it. An hour later, the same thing happened. An hour, I kept sensing that in my heart. And because I didn't obey it, man, the weather got bad. And ultimately, we were in a head-on car wreck. I knew, I had, man, I repented to God. I said, Father, I'm sorry I disobeyed that. It's as little as that as he'll lead me in that way. Just that still, small voice. Now, on the flip side of that, guys, we were in the process of buying a house one year. And every time we went in to look at this house, it was a beautiful home. The price was in our range, but I got yuck. Every time I would go in that, I would get yuck. Well, this realtor kept saying, just, we've got to sign here. Let's make an offer today. Let's make an offer today. And sometimes people will pressure us to do things. But listen, guys, I better follow my heart instead of people. And so I ultimately said, listen, I'm not going to sign nothing today. I don't get a piece about this. And ultimately, you know what happened? We found out that that, that uh, foundation literally cracked. You ought to have seen the cracks in that house a few years later. I thank God that time I obeyed that intuition. That's the same way God will lead you. That's the same way he leads every one of us. Now go with me to the book of John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Now in saying all that, guys, I believe it's very healthy for each one of us to take a peace inventory in our life. Are my choices, are they bringing a peace? Even in the area of what I'm fixing to buy, does it bring a peace? And, and, and the thing is, guys, God will lead you by your spirit. But running a spiritual red light, once again, ooh, it's costly. Very costly. John 14, verse 25. 
Jesus speaking, if you'll notice, this is all red letter words. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, now look here. He says, but the helper, and Jesus specifically declares who the helper was. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Now this is part of the structure of the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you. He's going to help you, but he's also going to bring things to your remembrance, the things you've heard. Now, it's very important that you get the Word of God in you, that you get the Bible in you. Once again, I'll say this. You get in God's Word, and God will get into you, and part of the Holy Spirit's job is to bring those things of the Word of God to your remembrance, where you'll look and you'll say in your life, this is what God's Word said. That was what the Holy Spirit was sent to do. And understand this, the Holy Spirit was sent to to help us understand the Word of God. Now, when I understand the Holy Spirit's role and how He helps me to fulfill the Word of God in my life, look what's tied to it in verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now, if Jesus has given us peace, Don't you believe he wants us to use it? Don't you believe he wants us to enjoy it? See, guys, peace wasn't just a a thing in life, you know, where we just sit around and do it. Peace was the way he wants us to be led in this thing called life. And he'll help us when we yield to that peace. And so Jesus says here, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world does do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now guys, one thing's going to happen, or two. I'm either going to be led by peace, but when there's not peace there, I'm going to be agitated. I'm going to be undisturbed inside. I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to be unsettled. Now Jesus right here, guys, he provides the peace. He said, I leave my peace with you. He does the, or he gives the peace but it's my job to appropriate it. How do I appropriate the peace of God? Well, one way is when I obey the truth. When I obey God, there's going to be a peace every time. This is another part that will tie in here with what we read there in verse 26 about the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, 14, it says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. When I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me, I'm going to be declared a son of God. But then in verse uh, 16 of Romans 8, it says, The Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit. So get this, guys. The Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with my spirit. That's going to be right here in my heart. This is where this, this is the real you. This thing you see that's kind of getting a little bit wrinkled, this isn't the real me. This is what I call my earth suit. The real me is in here. It's it's my heart. And the Holy Spirit, it says, will bear witness with my heart, with my spirit. He'll touch my heart. I like this translation the best. It says, the Holy Spirit will confirm in your heart. What will he confirm? The things I'm needing to know. And so the the key here, guys, is even in in, uh, Psalm 34, 14, it says, seek and pursue peace. Tell you, invite the Holy Spirit in. Invite Him to lead you by peace. And then guess what ultimately happens? 
You've got to give God the right of way in your life. Where you say, okay, Father God, I'm going to surrender. Now remember what I started about, about the guy in the Northwest. He knew about God. He believed in Jesus, but he didn't want to surrender. I'm going to tell you, the things of God will never do me no good unless I surrender to his will and say, okay, Father God, I'm going to follow you. Now go back with me to the Old Testament, to Exodus chapter 3. And I want to show you about a guy in the Bible named Moses who had to learn to be led by peace just like us. But anytime, it doesn't matter if it's Moses or me, when I adopt God's ways, it's the avenue that leads to peace. In my own life, guys, I can always detect when I'm out of peace. I'll tell you, I've gotten where I, I love the peace of God. I believe this is the thing that's missing with a lot of people, especially in Hollywood. You see people that have money and they have fame. There ain't no peace. There's no peace. You can't replace the peace of God, guys. I love the peace of God, that state of harmony. Now, in this passage here in Exodus 3, the, the Israelites are, are being heavily oppressed. Man, they've been in bondage to the Egyptians for over 400 years. And God said, I know their hearts. It's not right. Now, for time's sake, go with me to verse number 9 of Exodus 3. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Now, verse 10, he's talking to Moses, and he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to the Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So God right here, he begins to speak the destiny, what he has for Moses to do. This goes on for seven days. And the Lord just, he keeps bringing this up to Moses. Come on, buddy. Come on, I need you. I need you. I need, I need you to hook up here. Come on, come on. Verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am, that, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of, up out of Egypt? So he, he viewed himself as unworthy. He viewed himself as, I lack the ability to do this. And each one of us, we've been in certain situations like that where we look at our life and say, no, I can't do that. This is what is happening to Moses. Verse number 12. So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to him? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Now this is his divine name. This declares, Father God, his character and his nature. And really, when you see, I am that I am, that's exactly what we sang today. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And so right here, Moses says, who do I tell him sent me? And he said, Yahweh, Yahweh. Now keep reading there in, in verse 14. And he said, thus shall you, shall you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now listen real close. The issue here is not who Moses is. The issue is who is with Moses. And it's the same with me and you guys. 
The issue isn't so much who I am. The issue is who's with me. That God is with me. That God will never leave me nor forsake me. That no matter what we're going through, God is going to help me. Now, when we, when we see all this come together here in a minute, you're going to see that, that God is literally the author and the finisher of our faith when we allow him to be. He's going to lead you by, he's going to be the script writer of your, your life. Just like he was wanting to do with Moses, but yet he was saying to Moses, listen buddy, you got to hook up with me. Now look into chapter 4 of Exodus. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, but, but. Now, growing up as a kid, we'd say this all the time. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. Now, you know what the but means right here? I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm in over my head. How many of you have ever felt like, I'm over my head. This, this is more than I can handle, Father God. Probably every one of us. And I believe this is, this is what he's trying to tell Moses here. And he says, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they will say, the Lord has not, has, has not appeared to you. Now my experience in life confirm exactly what Moses is going through right here on the inside. I've been there. You've been there probably in that situation. And when God begins to call us to great things, this isn't always easy to do. If it was easy, I wouldn't need God. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But yet God still doesn't change. He's still saying, I I need you. Partner with me. Hook up. Verse number 2. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And Moses replied, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. Now, you're going to see three signs that, that was given to Moses here. And all three of these were proof, or proof for Moses that God was with him. But I want you to notice, every one of these that you're going to see, God is saying to him basically, trust me and obey me. Just trust me and obey me. So he said, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. I bet he did. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Once again, trust me and obey. And he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, now put your hand into your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again. He drew out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that you may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, Or listen to your voice that you shall take water from the river, pour it on the dry land, and the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. So the Lord gives him these three miracles here. And he said, just trust me, Moses. Just trust me. Hebrews 13.5 says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And each one of us, guys, we're going to be assigned some things to do in life. And it may not make sense to your head. It may cause turmoil on the outside of you, 
But when I follow God and I trust Him, there becomes an inner peace. Verse number 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent. I'm not eloquent. In other words, he's saying, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not eloquent. Neither before me nor since you has spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and I am slow of tongue. In other words, I'm inadequate. Now, if you'll notice, God never brought up his lack of eloquence in his own eyes. God never said, I know you got a problem with stuttering. God never brought up. So really, when you look at what Moses is saying, he focused more on his abilities instead of God's unlimited abilities. He focused on his, his little power instead of God's unlimited power. And I believe a lot of times this is exactly what me and you do. When God calls us to things, we have an excuse of this why I can't do it. And it's like this, I can't. And you fill in the blank. I can't do this, I can't do that. But remember what Jesus said there in John 14, 27. He said, listen, my peace I leave with you. In other words, quit looking at everything that's right or wrong with you and start letting my peace be the umpire of your heart. Keep reading here. Verse number 11. So the Lord said to him. You know, when I read this right here, every time when the Lord said to him, God loves Moses and God loves me and you, but he gets right up in Moses' business here. And he said, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? In other words, he reminds Moses, I am that I am. I'm the very one that created you. I know your capabilities better than I know you. Now listen in life, guys. When God calls you to do something, he's going to assist you. He's going to help you. And that's where it's so important that I obey. And I follow that peace. I follow that leading. Verse number 12. Now therefore, go. Now therefore, go. When I read that, you know what? It's almost like the Lord is saying, I'm going to give you a little nudge. I'm going to give you a little push. You got to get going. And this is how we usually are as human beings. We'll say this, Father God, you first do this and then I'll go. But see, we get it backwards. God said, go, and then look what he said he would do. He said, and I will be with your mouth, but you've got to go. But Father, I can't do that. That's out of my, my capability. No, no, no. He said, go. And once again, if God tells you to go, he's going to assist you. And look what he said. He said, go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall say. In other words, he's saying, Moses, quit. Quit whining. Put on your big boy underwear and go. Go. I got some plans for your life. Now here's what happens to us as human beings. Many times when God says to go, outwardly everything is shaking. You may literally be shaking in your boots. You may be trembling, but on the inside... There's a peace. You know what that means? 
At times, just do it afraid. Outwardly. Get that peace on you. Listen, guys. Years ago, when I was in high school, I would literally take an F in school before I would get up and speak before people. I, they terrified me. And then I'm, I'm called to the ministry, and you know what I realized? That means i got to speak in front of people. I said, I can't, I can't do that. And God said, go. I said, I can't. and I'll never forget, the first times I would speak, I would literally hide behind those pulpits. I mean, everything in me, my legs were moving. Man, I was so moved. But on the inside, there was a peace. And God said, I'll help you. I'll help. Your English doesn't have to be eloquent. And you guys see, I speak in Swanix to this day. I'm okay with it now, but it took me going, just obeying. Now, once again, I'm going to highlight this. There was peace on the inside of me. Everything on the outside may be shaken, but on the inside, you can still have peace. I keep reading here. This gets even better. Verse 13. But Moses said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the other hand of whomever else you may send. He turns God down. And look at God's response here in verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. The ang- now, the anger of the Lord, guys, right here, is not wrath. It's a misunderstood aspect of God's love. And the reason that God was angry at Moses, because Moses was on the verge of missing his destiny. And that's how much God loved him. And when you see this, it, it, it doesn't get ang- God doesn't get angry At us, he gets angry for us. You know why? He's saying, I don't want you to miss my best. But it's going to take faith for you to step out. You're going to have to get out of the boat. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Think about this in your life. Even Moses here, he ultimately obeys. And I believe outwardly everything was shaken within him. Think about this. When David fought Goliath, Do you think outwardly he was just totally at peace? I think outwardly when he looked, Goliath was 9'6". You think Shaq was big? He didn't hold a candle. Can you imagine him looking? On the outside, I mean, there's no telling. He, he, He probably had some stains on his pants that weren't good that day. But inside he had a peace. Because he said, how dare you defy the armies of the living God. He knew this, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in me that's in you. You know what that means at times? Just do it afraid. Just step out and follow that calling. What about Joshua when he, he led the Israelites out up into uh, the promised land? Joshua was like, you got the wrong guy. And God said, I don't have the wrong You're my boy. Now, in my own life, guys, I experienced this stuff. To reach the calling, the destiny that God had for my life... I'm going to tell you guys, we had to follow peace. And so when this church was birthed 12 years ago, we started in a little, little bitty apartment. And after a month, we outgrew it. And then you know what happened? We had to rent a, a, a room at the Holiday Inn to have services. Now, you know what renting a room at the Holiday Inn meant? Money, 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 money. And you know what this guy said? How can we do that, God? How can we do that? And you know what renting a room at the Holiday Inn meant? We had to have a a, a sound system. 
That means we had to pray. And I'm saying, God, how can we do this? That's $3,900. You remember that, don't you? I remember it very clearly. And so the Lord was saying, come on, come on. And outwardly, guys, I twitched. I shook. Inwardly, I had a peace. I had a peace. And guess what? God pulled it off. And then a few months later, we outgrew that place. And he said, you're going to have to get a bigger building. And we would go into buildings and I, I wouldn't get a piece. Shelly wouldn't get a piece. We'd look and say, there's no peace to that. God will rule that the peace of God is an umpire in your heart. We went into another uh, building and we walked around and we both looked at each other and said, we got peace. But you know what that meant? More money. The rent was higher. And everything on the outside, I was saying, God, I can't do this. And to go to another building, you know what that meant? We didn't have any chairs. So we had to go and buy 144 chairs at $19 a chair. You remember? Crud, yes, I remember. I mean, I shook everything within me. He says, we can't do that. And God's just saying, come on, big boy. Come on. Get out of here. This is your, uh, your destiny. I got great plans if you'll hook up. And then as the, 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 year, or the year went by and the church kept growing, the big one came when the Lord said, Now, you're going to have to move to Lubbock. You're going to have to move to Lubbock. Well, you know what that meant? I had to quit all my outward security. What does that mean? Shelly was a school teacher. She quit. I worked for a utility company for 18 years. I quit. And so now I have no income. So everything within me, I'm freaked out, guys. My hair's bad. My, my smile, everything on the out. But inside there was a peace. I could sense God saying, come on, come on, go, go. See, once again, there's time. You're going to have to step out of the boat. Just like when Peter walked on the water. Can you imagine that day? I mean, everybody in there is a, is a dry boat center. Inside the boat, it's easy. You know what, inside the boat, that's where everybody's hanging out at. Because it's you don't get wet, you don't take any chances. But when you get out of the boat and start walking on the water, that's where you got to trust God. And Jesus said to Peter, he said, come on, Pete, come on, come on. Now, I can say this to you guys. Many of you sat in the boat too long in life. Many of you are letting your destiny go by because you're saying, I don't know if I can do it. Well, when God puts that, now, I'm not telling you to violate peace. When there's no peace, you better slow down and wait. But when there is peace, it's that green light and it says, go, go, go. And you know what the big one was? And a few years later, we outgrew the next building we had. And this church came open. And when we begin to pray about this, I'm telling you guys, we would walk through it and we'd pray. I mean, there was a peace. There was a peace to buy it. But you're talking about rocking and shaking in your boots when that banker looked at me and said, your name is on a million-dollar note. Who? You? I said, me? Yes, you. I mean, everything within me said, don't do it. But on the inside, there was a peace. There was, and see, this is how God's wanting to lead some of you right now in situations, decisions. You know, Follow that peace. And listen, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. Thank you for those two holy grunts. You know what that means? I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back and say, 
Daddy, I wish I would have done this. Can you imagine Moses if he wouldn't have done that? Because I'm going to tell you right now, God would have found someone that had obeyed him. And Moses would have shook his head and said, golly. But yet he had to follow peace just like you and I do. You know, when I get around people that are elderly and they're on the verge of dying, I ask them almost every time, if you had to do life all over again, what would you do? And you know what almost every one of them will say? I would have taken more risk. You know what that means? I wish I'd have gotten out of the boat more. But listen to me. It's not a risk when you follow peace. It's not a risk. But this is where every one of us in this room, you've got to start following peace in this situation. So you read right here about what Father, he was, he was angry at Moses, but he wanted the best for Moses. Same, he wants the best for us. Now go with me to one more passage here, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And this will help make a little sense to you. And I'm telling you, the key is, guys, you get in the presence of God and you ask him, Father God, before I ever buy a vehicle anymore, I'll pray about it. I'll say, Father God, is this a good deal for me? And if I get an inward peace, I know that's good. If it's a yuck, and you said, you said if you buy a car anymore, yeah. I didn't do it one time, and I'm going to tell you, guys, you're talking about a royal choke. I looked, and I thought, why? So every area of my life, when I begin to ask God to come in, Lead me with the peace. Put that peace right here. And it'll be, it'll be a still small voice. But I'm going to tell you guys, you'll know it. Philippians 4, verse 6. Now get this. Be anxious for nothing. Is that possible? Yeah, or Paul wouldn't have wrote it. Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, you're going to see something right here, guys. That prayer and, uh, prayer and peace are very closely connected. The first thing he says here, don't worry about anything, but with prayer and supplications, let your request be known. So you know what that means? You come before God and you say, Father God, this is the situation I'm in. Father God, I'm in a relationship with this girl. I need your help here. I need your help. And look what happens in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses or transcends all understanding. You know what that means? The peace of God will override your understanding. In other words, everything in the natural, you may say, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. But when the peace of God comes in my heart, it will override what seems natural or the sense in this natural realm called the world. Think about the things what Jesus did. It didn't make sense. I mean, when he tells them, bring, bring the water to me and I'll turn it into wine. When, when, when he uh, speaks to the blind man, the dead man, the guy's been dead for all these. That doesn't make sense to the mind. But yet he stepped out in faith. Why? The peace of God right here, which will transcend all my understanding. It'll guard your heart or settle your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. So listen, real close here. When I surrender to God, 
it opens the door to that peace. When I ask God to give me instruction, when I ask God to help me, I'm going to tell you, the blessings of God will always come with it. There'll be corresponding peace. The big thing right now is don't let your fear determine your destiny. Many times, guys, we don't act because of fear. I don't want to fail. That's one of the greatest things I hear right now. Pastor, I don't want to fail. Do you think God would call you into something and lead you in something so that you would fail? He would never do that. He's just saying, begin to hook up with me. And I believe it's important that every one of us, no matter what you're going through right now, what circumstances are you in? What decisions are you in? Do you need need direction for your life? Do you need direction for job? Do you need direction with relationship? I had a lady in here just a few weeks ago, and she said to me, she said, Pastor, she said, I'm in a relationship with a guy. And she said, I just don't know. And I said, you prayed about it? And she said, yeah. And I said, have you followed your heart? And she said, no. And I said, I'm going to tell you right now, you get in the presence of God and you pray and ask God for peace or a yuck. Two days later, she came back and she said, I broke it off. And I said, you followed peace. And she said, I did. Same with your businesses, guys. Some of you, God has has moved on your heart to start a business, and you can't get away with it. You can't get away from it. It keeps coming back and keeps coming, just like he did with Moses. He kept coming. I said, come on, come on, hook up with me. Follow after peace and stand on your feet with me. To understand about the thing.